Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. If you turn around and say, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. By definition, you're going, well, it's certain what the answer yeah. is. It's, it's, it's obvious. That it's that obvious be. what the answer is. Yeah. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to go, well, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. What about this and what about that? Part of the problem with uncertainty is that it is psychological. It can be paralyzing. And just getting more information in reduces global uncertainty. Like the more we know, the less uncertain we are. So when you're in times of uncertainty, genuinely think about what are the things that you can control or even what are the things you can influence. Ryan, hope you're well, mate. Everything going swimmingly? Are you Swimmingly. Are you having as much fun as I am at the moment? Because... I don't know about you, but I don't know if I'm just getting old. I am not getting old. So thanks. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, yeah. I've recently, over the last few weeks, I've been thinking, bloody hell, you know, there's a war in Ukraine. In the UK, there's this cost of living crisis with energy prices just going through the roof. They're talking about, you know, loads of people moving into fuel poverty. There's inflation, there's strikes, there's everything else. And obviously talks about recessions and climate. <laughs> yeah. And and I and I thought to myself, maybe it's just me. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I thought we should do a podcast on the five rules for managing uncertainty. Yeah or managing in uncertainty, either way around, to be honest with you. Because I think we are entering a time of uncertainty if we're not already there. But it just made me think about that uncertainty. Here's an interesting thing. Because I we, we did this the other week, I decided that what I was going to put out was I was going to put out a, a post and I was to people following me on LinkedIn to get a sense of what the mood was around different parts of the world. So I put a post out and we'll put a link in the show notes to the post where I basically said, I'd love to have your view. We're going to do this podcast on it. And here's the question I asked. Okay. So this was a poll. What are you expecting the business environments will be over the next year? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what do you think the next, what do you think the business environment is going to be over the next year? And the results were really interesting. So let me stop. Let me put you under pressure. What would you say they're going to be? So what are the expected business, what do you expect the business environment would be over the next year? Do you think it's going to be better, worse, or about the same? Did you have an option for sunshine and roses? Was that one of the <laughs> options? No, I didn't. I'm so do you think it's better, worse, or the same? I'm going to say about the same, but I'm also going to say that answer is an act of optimism on my part. 
I, I think it's it's on the border between worse and about the same, and so I'm going to hope that it's yeah. I I, I don't think it'll be better. Right. So interestingly enough, I thought it was going to be worse. Okay. I'll get into the reasons behind that and because I think that's been reinforced by some of the comments here. But the results were 40, and this is out of 419 votes, okay? So not an insubstantial poll, but 42% said better. Oh, wow. 37% said worse and 21% said same. And when I got that back, I thought, bloody hell. Maybe I am getting old. <laughs> Maybe I am just looking at things from a negative perspective. But what it then made me do, and we will get into the how to manage in uncertainty. I'm just sort of trying to set the context. What it made me do was to go, well, maybe it's just the environment that I'm in. So maybe because we've been over in England for the last two or three months and there's been more uncertainty than I think there has been in the States, particularly because of the energy prices. I mean, energy prices here have literally doubled and tripled, and it's a really big issue. And then you've got the whole issue of Ukraine and Russia and all the rest of it. And therefore, I mean, if I think it's different. And, and it was sort of summed up for me by this one guy called Rennie Bonholt. And he said, I think it depends on where you are and what business you're in. Yeah. If you're in Northern Europe, in a business that provides an alternative to the use of imported gas, then the environment is likely to be better. So if you're not reliant upon energy, if you're not a baker's or something like that, then it's going to be better. If, on the other hand, you're in a low-paying segment, you might find yourself saying worse times as you struggle to find people, particularly in a, if you've left the European Union. I think that was a dig at us bricks, basically. <laughs> He said, in Asia, restrictions due to COVID still have an impact on mobility of the workforce. Once things lifted, should turn around to be better. We also see a lack of interest from previous workers to return to their home countries. So I settled for the same. But I thought that, I thought to myself as I read that, I thought, yeah, this is a really good point. It sort yeah. of sums it up. It depends upon where in the world you are, and it depends upon the type of role that you're in and how dependent you are on some of those things. Clearly, recessions affect a lot of people. Let me give you a, a deep philosophical take on uncertainty. There, there's a reality out there, right? It exists. Yeah. But we, as individuals, or even collectively, we can only access a part of it. Like, we can only observe some of it. And so it's even worse than that, though, because whatever information we have available to us we only use a subset of that. So to a certain extent, we're always in an era of uncertainty. We're, we're always uncertain in what we do. Our situation will cause us to focus on some small bit of, of the overall picture. And if we're in a different situation, we'll focus on a different small part of the overall picture. Yes. And sometimes we're aware of our uncertainty. <laughs> Whereas we're always, we always should be relatively uncertain. Sometimes it's thrust upon us that we recognize that there's a lot that we don't know. And that's uncomfortable. And we have to deal with that in some way. Yeah. And I think that when you say thrusting upon us, I think the other thing that's, in fact, Andrew Safner, my apologies if I'm murdering your um, surnames, but he said, effectively, he was saying, it depends how you think about things. So 
in other words, if you talk about a recession, it's going to cause a recession. Effectively yeah, well. yeah. I mean, there are, there are economists who make that point very strongly that some significant part of recessions is just psychological and sociological. We all kind of decide that there's going to be a recession and then there is one because we all pull back on our spending. The more things get talked about as being bad, then yeah. you start to go, well, things are bad. And therefore, by definition, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, but I think you're right. I think at the end of the day, uncertainties around us all the time. I think it, as usual, it's just, you know, to what degree are those things real, basically? Yeah, we're, we're often able to create a, an illusion of certainty around ourselves. And then every once in a while that's popped and we need to cope with it. And it's unpleasant. Absolutely. Let's talk about some positives. Let's talk about how to manage with uncertainty. So in uncertain times, let's hope that's not going to be over the next year or a couple of years. What we do know is uncertainty hits us all at different times. Let's talk about the five rules for managing in uncertainty. And the first rule for me is you've got to recognize, really building on what you were just saying there, mate, which is you've got to recognize that there will be uncertainty and it will be uncomfortable because us human beings like certainty. We like to know what's going to happen. And we're creatures of habit, as we've spoken about many times before. But we need to recognize that uncertainty and we're going to feel uncomfortable because of that. Yeah. This is going to sound like an aside, but I promise it's, it's related. I, I have at various points in my career tried to tie together a lot of decision biases, a lot of the kind of the basics of, of the psychology of decision making. Because it, it's very scattered. It seems like just a whole bunch of individual findings. And so I've tried to like group them together and make sense of them. And I'm convinced that a large number of the biases that we find in how people make decisions and evaluations are fundamentally driven by this idea that uncertainty is uncomfortable and we don't like it. And so therefore, when we're not certain, which is most of the time, we fake it. Like we, we convince ourselves that we know, we convince ourselves that we are, are more sure than we actually are, that we have more data than we actually do, that our chosen option is clearly the best, the right even one. if it's not clear that it is. Um, I think this is like a really, really fundamental drive. Certainty is uncomfortable. Yeah. So that's interesting then because some of the heuristics that we use are based around the fact that we've got a heuristic, I guess, to a certain extent, means that that's our effort to try to make things a bit more certain. They certainly make things easier, but then the fact that it's easy can promote certainty. Like if we, if we struggle over a decision, sure. then we're uncertain with it. And that, but if we can make that decision quickly and easily, it it's kind of like an easy substitute for certainty. <laughs> The fact that it was easy becomes evidence that it was... Well, I, I guess what, I, as, you're, as you're talking, it's making me think, if you turn around and say, that's a no-brainer, yeah. by definition, you're going, well, it's certain what the answer yeah. is. It's, it's, it's this. obvious. That it's that obvious be. what the answer is. Yeah. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to go, well, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. What about this and what about that? And you know, what happens if this happens and that happens, et cetera, et cetera. It's a no-brainer. Therefore, it's certain... And therefore, I feel more comfortable with it. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. So for me, under here, one of the things that I think is is important is recognizing that your uncertainty is uncomfortable. You need to recognize, therefore, by definition, that that can cause personal stress. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always been of the view that there's your home life, your personal life, and your business life. And you can deal with one of those being out of kilter, but you can't deal with both of them being out of out of alignment. Yeah. Ideally, both of them are going to be aligned. But if there's something happening at home or there's something happening at work, you can deal with one of those. But the danger is, is that when both of those cause a problem, then that's when your stress levels increase even more and the uncertainty increases even more. Okay, anything else under that before I move on to rule number two? Just prioritize. So the, there's some research on maximizing versus satisficing. Some of that research I'm not thrilled about, but the, the basic idea, which I do endorse, is the idea that sometimes we torture ourselves with minor decisions and decision difficulty and feelings of uncertainty can lead to more feelings of uncertainty. So if we can just realize that most of the decisions we make every day just aren't that important. And so don't torture yourselves over it. Just let it go and fo focus your effort on the stuff that, that might be relevant. And I, I think that that'll help. I think that, that we don't need to kind of confront the uncertainty around these minor decisions because they don't matter. Let it go. Yeah. And building on that, and we'll put a link in the show notes. I used to buy my managers a book called one minute manager meets the monkey which effectively talks about how to prioritize things as a manager or as a leader and as a monkey and as a monkey yeah monkeys are basically problems so monkeys are problems that come and hang around your neck and monkeys can be delivered to you in different ways they can be verbally delivered to you they can be sent to you in emails they can be sent to you down telephone lines also, I assume in big crates. Lots of them, yeah. And uh, let's not get into it, but it, it talks a lot about how you prioritize. And moreover, as a leader, how you delegate, because the, one of the premises in the book is that, 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 you know, the danger is, is you as a leader think it's your responsibility to do everything and to make every decision. And therefore, you end up being overloaded and therefore not being able to prioritize and i won't go into it very good book it's one of these sort of takes you two hours to read book by ken blanchard the rule number two remember the upside uncertainty provides opportunity okay so this comes down to for me there is definitely an upside of uncertainty i always thought uh, when I was in corporate life, I always took the view that whenever there was a reorganization, that meant opportunity. And typically, people don't like reorganizations because, you know, they may lose their job, they may not get the type of role they want, et cetera, et cetera. But my personal view was that that provided me with an opportunity to move ahead to change the job that I to something more that I wanted, et cetera, et cetera. So I would highly recommend not thinking of uncertainty as being all negative. 
I think in the other side of things, think of it's a time to disrupt things. As we enter a recession, it's time to, to suddenly start thinking of, again, where's the opportunity out there from a business context? Is there the opportunity for you to be a disruptor? Is there an opportunity where the, the competition have become soft and stodgy or large and stodgy and therefore you can manoeuvre around them in, in some way? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. No, the natural reaction to uncertainty is to withdraw, to be conservative and to not take risks. In preparation for this, I pulled up a list of successful companies that were started during recessions. All right. Here are just a few. Hewlett Packard, Hyatt Hotels, Microsoft, Electronic Arts, Uber, Airbnb, Netflix, Trader Joe's, Sports Illustrated, MTV, General Electric, Warby Parker. Like, you could have stopped at Sports Illustrated, mate. I could I have. Yeah. By me. Uh, <laughs> right, but there, there are, just as you say, there, there are recessions can reveal yes. opportunities, right? And uncertainty, times of uncertainty can reveal opportunities for those who are willing to take it. Absolutely. And I think it, it's, it's that phrase, isn't it? What's the phrase? I've now said it's the phrase <laughs> and I can't remember the phrase. Necessity is the mother of invention. So when the chips are down, this is the time when people start to, you definitely need to start thinking of a different way of doing things. Why not let Colin and Ryan speak at your next conference? As you can hear, they're great communicators and can get over a message in a simple, inspiring, and humorous way. Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. Number three. Have I showed you this, by the way? I'm wearing my Luton Town football shirt. <laughs> My I assume, town badge. I assume that's a custom-made shirt, and that is the only one that exists. <laughs> no? <laughs> well, at Luton, they don't put the name of the players on the back. They put the name of the crowd on the back, so the players know who's in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for those of you that are listening in audio, I'm wearing my, not a football shirt, but a polo shirt that's got Luton Town on. Why am I telling you that? Oh, yeah, I'm telling you about that because number three, that's what I'm telling you about this for, because we had a, uh, a manager called Stills. I've forgotten his first name now. One of the things he said, which I always thought was a really good phrase, was you need to control the controllables. Mm. That all you can do is control things that are within your control. <laughs> so you can't do anything more. The other phrase is all, all you can do is all you can do. Yeah. Absolutely. And I thought when he used to say that, it was interviewed after the games. And I was thinking, yeah, that's, I mean, that's such a good lesson for life, basically. Yeah. There's another phrase I always love, which is, um, I've had many crises in my life, but few have actually happened. And the danger is, is we think of all these reasons why everything's going to come crashing down on us. And they never do. Well, they not that they never do. They hopefully rarely do or they don't they don't as much as we think they will basically but a lot of it is about again for me controlling the controllables so when you're in times of uncertainty genuinely think about what are the things that you can control or even what are the things you can influence and focus on those because there's no point in worrying about the rest of it the reality is is 
I can't determine if there's going to be a recession or not, right? There's very little I can do about the war and energy prices. I can't control those things. I can control the way I react to those things. I control how we plan with the energy prices coming up as they are. I can control how we deal with those things. But I can't control the fact that natural gas prices have tripled in price, other than buy solar panels, which is one of the things I'm thinking of doing. And the other part of therefore for me, I have to tell you, Lorraine, my wife hates this, is I come up with 50 million scenarios. I think of, and again, I would advise people to do this, think of different options. So within the things that you can control, but just, it's, for me, it's a bit like chess. You've got to be thinking two or three steps ahead and not just thinking short term. You've got to be thinking more medium to long term and not just making short term decisions. And within that, the classic example is that in a recession, people go back to type. They start closing down customer experience programs and not doing so much training. You think of what's happening now at the moment with the lack of availability of people and the airlines not having enough people trained to deal with things. That was not looking ahead, not looking to the medium term and thinking, well, what happens when this lot comes back, basically? Yeah, no, I, I saw a headline predicting that it may take years for the airline industries to staff back up because it turns out you can't just flip a switch and get more pilots. Yeah. Well, not only that, is that obviously a number of people have, have started to go, why in the hell do I want to go and be a baggage worker? Or um, when I can actually, uh, there was a guy the other day that I saw on TV that was talking about the fact that he much prefers driving a taxi for Uber or something because he got flexibility, he didn't have to work shift work. So under the controllables, start planning things, start scenario planning, think of contingencies, and just moreover, be comfortable with the things that you are unable to control. I love that. Number four, and this, I guess, ties into that to a certain extent, which is be alert to be prepared. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is about going to different sources to understand what is happening and therefore to be able to get some more advanced thinking of, well, what is likely to be happening over the next few months, weeks, years. One of the British politicians famously said that people have had enough of experts. I disagree with that. I think experts are good. doesn't necessarily mean to say they're all right, always correct. But if you start to look at what people are saying, I don't know, if we do enter a recession, how long is it likely to be? What sectors is it likely to hit? Those types of things. Then you can make your own mind up and and start to build some plans, basically. I'm going to argue this is important for at least two different reasons. First of all, hopefully we're getting useful information out of these experts. But even if we're not, part of the problem with uncertainty is that it is psychological. It can be paralyzing. And just getting more information in reduces global uncertainty. Like the more we know, the less uncertain we are about things. And so we can feel 
more confident. We can feel less uncertain and that's that can be empowering. And so experts are famously wrong frequently because predicting the future is really hard and understanding what's going on now is really hard. But the more of this information we get in, the more we feel empowered to kind of have a grip on things and it can it can motivate us to, to move forward. So yeah, I think it's great for, for multiple reasons. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I guess the last one then sort of sums it up for me, which is that is that wonderful phrase, which is hope for the best and plan for the worst. At the end of the day, we hope that things settle down and, you know, uncertainty goes away and all the rest of it. But you've also got to plan around those things. You've got to plan for the worst things to be happening or at least think them through. Because the danger is is that if you if you don't do that, then you're going to be caught unawares, aren't you? See, this is where you and I diverge, because my my number five was everything is terrible and it always will be. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, like we plan for for these contingency cases. We want to be prepared. But then, yeah, you know, you you don't want to exist in, in those dark spaces all the time, right? So sure. let's, let's have some hope for the future. Let's, you know, humanity has been able to, climb out of every hole it's found itself in so far and in the meantime yeah let's let's prepare and plan around what we can yeah and i and i go back to it there is always opportunity okay i mean with the companies that you've mentioned i've personally done well out of not recessions but oh not necessarily recessions i mean we've beyond philosophy it's been going for nearly 21 years now so i think we've gone through three recessions okay and therefore, they're not pleasant, but there are there is always opportunity out there for uh, people that tend to look at things from a positive perspective and and see things in a in a different way. So we we hope that those five things help. And let me just go through them again. Number one, uh, recognize uncertainty is uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, number two, remember the upside. Uncertainty provides opportunity. Uh, number three, control the controllables. Number four, be alert to be prepared. And number five, hope for the best and plan for the worst. Okay. And I hope if you adopt those five things, then that helps. And and thanks for everybody on LinkedIn that uh, contributed towards this. And I think going back to what we discussed at the beginning, I think it is situational, actually depending on where you are, depending on the industry you're in, depending on geographically where you are, then the uncertainty is going to be, is going to be different. So um, yeah, maybe it's not just because I'm a grumpy old man. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, just to end on a, on a bright note, there are, there are those opportunities. After all, someone is out there currently selling solar panels in, in England. Correct. So if that's Imagine. possible, like anything is possible. <laughs> Yes, imagine. The interesting thing is nobody ever talks to me about solar panels in Florida. Yeah. But um, there you go. Maybe I should take them out in my suitcase. How about that? It's a good plan. Take them back and forth. Maybe I could hang them out the window as we're flying along. And maybe, I tell you what, here's an opportunity. I've now thought of how we could construct an aircraft, make it entirely of solar panels, and we don't need jet engines. We just have electric engines. How about that? It's a brilliant plan, Colin, and your extensive training in electrical engineering and aerospace engineering. I'm sure you can pull that off. 
maybe this just shows that I need to keep away from aviation as an industry. <laughs> that's a plan I can get behind. Good. Okay. All right, everybody. Hope that's been of use. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Okay. Cheers. See ya. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on The Intuitive Customer. Intuitive Customer.